0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Nintendo announces their bold new E3 plan. Their old E3 plan. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including dates and times for Nintendo's E3 presentation and Treehouse Live. And then on Thursday, we are reliving some of our favorite E3 memories. Mark, we're just talking about E3 this week and every week it seems. But in the meantime, how's it going?
1: It's going great. It, it feels unavoidable to talk about E3. It's like yes. the big gaming thing even though and i think we will probably spend some time talking about this more later nobody really knows i feel like i have no sense of what e3 is actually going what that means this year yeah
0: no i mean it's it's wild and yes we we certainly will talk about it uh, as people are getting um press access it's like it's starting to emerge that like it's even weirder than we could have possibly imagined
1: <laughs> i can't wait i can't wait i mean how awful would it have been for E3 to just come back in its old, boring form, I'm glad that it is um, evolving <laughs> yeah. into something, like, crazy. It, I feel like what is happening with E3 right now is you feel, like, in an RPG, when you defeat the final boss, what you think is the final boss, and then it takes yes. on some new, horrible, like, spider monster form and i right uh, it's like it's final death rows and i kind of feel like that's what's happening with e3 this year it's spawned yeah, sure. into something just like truly hideous it's
0: laying eggs it's got one giant wing uh and the the clouds are parting above it like we are going to go mano a mano with whatever e3 is right now uh
1: and try to figure it out uh
0: mark do you feel bad at all about having not applied for uh, like press credentials i don't i don't care about that aspect of it at all
1: this year i don't I don't even understand what the benefit I like, and I understand that this is my own ignorance, but I truly do not understand what E3 is this year. Like I (laughs) I know that there, I know that there are like the press conferences as usual, but that really was always kind of like the preamble to E3. Like, um, right. Right. Like the E3 was the show floor and people being able to meet face to face. I don't understand what E3 is this year other than just a, platform for people to stream their events that are also going to be available on like youtube or twitch i i I just don't know
0: well we will get into it in greater (laughs) detail as we get further into the episode but in the meantime in the meantime uh if you want to be part of the sonic forces borrowing program i was going to say a member of the sonic forces borrowing program do we want to start instituting like a
1: membership policy i look as much as we try to avoid it I yeah. kind of feel like, in a fun way, the Sonic oh. Forces borrowing program is like maybe sliding towards, you know, like a cult a little bit. Well, well, I mean, okay, sure, do we try to take control of uh, your assets and your relationships
0: and cut you off <laughs> from your other methods of support? Of course. Of course we do.
1: (laughs) I guess basically what I'm saying is, yeah, we Mm -hmm. should totally, uh, you can definitely be a member of the Sonic Forces borrowing program, for sure.
0: If you would like to be a member of the Sonic Forces borrowing program, all you need to do, you don't need to take a personality test, you don't need to give us any money, all you have to do is uh, email us at Society at gmail.com and give us a mailing address that we can send uh, my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch for you to play for as long as you want. If uh, you're not paying attention or even if you are, you may end up accidentally borrowing my copy of untitled goose game it's just a thing that happens, mark, we are also asking people to give us five star reviews on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts um we I noticed that we didn't get any uh new reviews this last week, which is cool. It's fine, you know like i we can we can play cool about it
1: yeah people are people are busy, but I know that every yeah. like I know it's on a ton of people's to-do list. Um mm-hmm. and you just got to like uh get your tires rotated, check your car registration, clean your gutters. So I know, but I know we're on there. Um so yeah. I think I know people will get I have faith people will get to it eventually. Um
0: and if you can get them done uh sometime this week, we are going to be doing some uh cool coverage for E3 next week as though we're not doing coverage for E3 right now. <laughs> um but uh if if, if uh, we get a, a bunch of new reviews, we might be like surfaced a little bit higher in people's um, uh, search results when they are looking for E3 coverage. So anything that you could do um, this week to review us would be great. Uh, and if you're reviewing us on Apple Podcasts store in the U.S., um, we will give you a shout out on the show. And if you're reviewing us anywhere else, um, you know, hit us up via email and we'll give you a shout out, too. Um, and no matter where you do it, we love that you do it. So thank you. About next week's coverage. This is, this is a lot of housekeeping up front, and I'm sorry. Um, so, uh, on our regular Tuesday morning episode, which will be going up you know, at midnight Tuesday morning, uh, will be our reactions to the first three days of E3 and whatever Nintendo-related news comes out of it. Do we know what that is at this point? Absolutely not. That's why we'll be reacting. Uh, and then, Nintendo holds their uh, press conference on Tuesday. Mark and I will be meeting on Tuesday evening to record our reactions to that, which will go out the second we are done with it. So you'll be getting two episodes on Tuesday. Two of them. Um, so uh, that's that, that'll be us. That'll be us for E3.
1: Yeah, that's right. Two episodes on Tuesday, no episode on Thursday. You're still getting your double dose of Patrick and Mark. It's just in a that's really right. concentrated shot.
0: Yeah, which you know, used to be how we recorded these things. We used to record them back to back, both episodes in one night. Um, so you will now experience what we experienced like two years ago. Um, uh, all right, Mark, we also have an email uh, that I would like to discuss um, from Colton and Colton's email is titled Metroid. Colton writes, Mark and Patrick, I am writing to ask if you knew there was a new Metroid game out. No, this is not a game developed or published by Nintendo. And it's not on a Nintendo console. I am of course talking about Returnal on the PS5. Everything about this game screams Metroid, by applying characteristics that Metroid games excel at such as exploration, backtracking, dark rich atmosphere, a sense of isolation, a suited up female protagonist, and brutally challenging aliens. Now to be fair, this game is not a Metroidvania, Rather, it is a staggeringly difficult bullet hell roguelite <laughs> that puts on quite a spectacular uh, light show every now and then. I might add. Uh, that said, if either of you are Metroid fans, Patrick, I'm looking at you. I know you. Uh, I know that you appreciate Super Metroid as much as I do. Uh, you owe it to yourselves to check this out if you have a PS5. Be warned, you will die though a lot. After playing this, I'd love to see some house mark. I'd love to see house mark tackle a Metroid game. The characters. Uh, Movement is uh, very reminiscent of Samus, sporting tight controls and fast-paced traversal. It's some of the best-feeling character control I've experienced in a game in a long time. I am digging the game a lot. Curious what you guys think, Colton. P.S. Patrick, your past coverage and promotion of Dragon Quest XI, which he just writes as DQ11, but of course is Dragon Quest XI SS, goes on Volusive Age Definitive Edition, Um, and then it adds that game is phenomenal. Mark, are you aware of Returnal for the PlayStation 5?
1: I'm aware of it. I, uh, had, I haven't really heard it described as Metroid-like, um, I, I know it only by reputation as, like, the punishingly difficult, uh, rogue-like game that Colton described, uh, but his take on it actually has me more interested in it than, uh, I was previously. If only I could get my hands on a PS5. Yeah, I mean, I'm in that same boat
0: of uh, do, do not have my hands on, on a PlayStation 5 currently and don't really have a drive to find one right now, especially, uh, you know, knowing that there will be some sort of uh, other PlayStation Switch coming out in at, at some point. Uh, I have, I just feel like I've, I've got that prioritized as, like, my next piece of hardware. Um, but, I mean, the, the game does so- sound like a mix between, like, Metroid aesthetics and, like, a 3D uh, Hades. And, I don't know, are those games I love? I mean, yes, right? <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, but I, I, I will say that this description may, has me uh, very interested in it. Uh, okay, um, so thank you for writing in, Colton. If anyone uh, ever wants to write in with a game recommendation, even if it's outside of the uh, sphere of uh, Nintendo specifically, as long as you trace it back to Nintendo somehow, <laughs> uh, you can write to us at Nintendo Cartridge
1: Society at gmail.com. At gmail.com.
0: Um, all right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Mark, I went back to the old Wii U, the Wii U Virtual Console, so I could play some Game Boy Advance games, um, because I had a hankerin' for Fire Emblem, a game that I picked up, uh, you know, a couple months ago now. I, th- I feel like it was the beginning of the year. Um, that I was uh, messing around with um, some GBA games um and had gotten you know several chapters into the the first fire emblem that was localized, uh which is the the blazing blade known here just as uh, fire emblem. Um, and so I picked it back up and had a tough time remembering what was going on, mm-hmm. who any of these characters were um and even like uh like if anything right? like I badly needed. Um, some sort of refresher. Um, but then it dawned on me that that is something th- that will be a sort of common problem, if, when, and if Nintendo gets around to um, porting GBA games to modern hardware. Um, if there's like a a, a Game Boy Advance uh, Switch Online, um, that there are so many of those games that are like bigger in scope, right? Like Super Nintendo style. In scope but also like you know that they the developers were comfortable enough with uh that level of hardware at that point that the software gets like longer and more sprawling that like there will need to be some sort of modern conveniences added to these games in addition to save states and rewind features like we've seen on super nintendo games i feel like they're both the fire emblem games uh both the Advance wars games the golden sun games like all of them would be great to see on modern hardware, uh, but like with some sort of catch you back up mechanic of like, here's what you were doing last time you were playing. Here are the characters. You know what I mean? Like the kind of thing that you see in modern RPGs to like re onboard you after you've taken some time away. Yeah,
1: that's interesting. I wonder, like, because um, did, they, did they do that when they re released the NES Fire Emblem game for like the 30th anniversary for that limited time? I don't think they added um, so- anything like that.
0: They didn't add anything like that, but they did add, I mean, they, they added a, a casual mode so you could uh, play without permadeath, um, and they added, uh, like, a uh, skip back a turn, um, like, from within the menus so you didn't have to, like, you know, engage a rewind function. Like, it was just something that you could do um, within the game. Um, so, like, there were some quality of life uh, I- improvements there, um, but nothing, nothing like that specifically.
1: Yeah, I, to me that feels like something if you you were going to get like uh a new Fire Emblem Echoes game that yeah. that's probably where they might introduce a mechanic like that. Do you know what, Patrick? Uh you playing this old Fire Emblem game has me thinking I listened to a Retronauts uh podcast episode about Breath of Fire, the Capcom RPG series that uh debuted I Actually I guess I'm not sure either on the Famicom but the sequel was on or the Super Nintendo I'm not sure which one it was but the Super, sequel yeah. was for mm-hmm. sure on the Super Nintendo. Oh yeah, I think guess both those games are on the uh, SNES yeah. Classic online. And that's like a you know 16-bit JRPG franchise that I have never dabbled in. Um I feel maybe we should we should like explore cuz I th- I think the Ooh. second one is supposed to be pretty good.
0: Um yeah, I've only played the first like 20 minutes of the first one and found it boring um but the uh the i i, w- I would be down to uh, explore and see sort of what like the uh consensus is around um these games i know eventually they kind of move away from right because the first either two or three are on um super
1: nes and then they move over to playstation after that right right and then the fifth one like the the most recent one which uh, you know at this point has been maybe like 20 years <laughs> um, it, it it is more of like a rogue like game, uh, apparently than it is like a straight up RPG. Um, but it just feels it's such a novelty. I mean, that series is such a novelty to me. Like it's a Capcom JRPG from the 16-bit era. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, from what uh Retronauts was saying, the first one we can probably skip, but the second one seems like it would be worth checking out.
0: I feel like there are look. There are a lot of, well, I played a bunch of RPGs on the, um, 16-bit, uh, consoles. There are a lot that I didn't play too. So, like, yeah, those Breath of Fire's like, definitely fall in there. Um, but also, like, you know, I, I, I think about, I, I've played through Earthbound once a long time ago with a friend of mine holding the controller. Like, I, you know, I, I wasn't really playing it. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I feel like there, there are a lot of things that we can, like, go back and, uh. Uh, you know, at, at, at some point and like really sink our teeth
1: into at some point, there will be a future RPG series that we do. <laughs> well, I guess uh, I actually, I haven't had an opportunity to play very much this past week. Um, I went on to a, for a quick trip to Seattle. And as part of the trip, um, you know, when you're so close to uh, Nintendo of America headquarters in Redmond, it's just a short 15 minute drive from Seattle. So uh, on a rainy Sunday afternoon, my husband and I drove out there um so I could stand in front of headquarters and get a picture with the Nintendo of America sign and uh, i was i I felt great about it, super excited, and I was telling my husband uh, I was like, man, like i bet this I bet they get this all the time. I bet like super fans like me are like always driving up here, snapping photos, jumping back in the car, and driving away. and he Uh, doesn't think that that's true. He, (laughs) which, which like very well legitimately might be the case where it's like, no, there are only a select, like, uh, you know, few super nerds who would go like outside a corporate headquarters, just take a picture with the sign. But, uh, I guess like I choose to believe that there are, uh, dozens of us. I mean, I'm sure there are a bunch of people that would do that. I think it takes a
0: little bit of, like, a, a special nerd to be like, yes, Redmond, Washington, that's where I need to be. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> to, like, put together that that's the place you need to go to, like,
1: make the pilgrimage. Totally. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I guess that's totally fair. But, yeah, that, that was the Nintendo highlight of my week for sure.
0: Um and what secrets did you learn as you uh, obviously uh, breached security
1: and <laughs> got through, got through to the secret files there at Nintendo? That's right. There was a, a kind of like a treasure chest looking type thing that mm-hmm. it was labeled a uh, um Metroid Prime trilogy for Switch. You know, oh. I I open I opened it up. I opened up the lid. and There was a like a no 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 exactly yeah like a a gold glowing light. But then the light faded, and it was empty. There was nothing in it. Oh, Mark, you're doing us all dirty, but I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, that's
0: what we've been playing this week. Uh, Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing
1: next week. On Thursday, June 10th, uh, Ninja Gaiden Master Collection is released for Switch. This is uh the collection of the three like Xbox slash Xbox 360 era, uh Ninja Gaiden games, right? Yeah, the Sigma Two
0: Sigma or Sigma Two. I I don't know exactly where the numbers go in that and uh, Ninja Gaiden Three, which
1: also has some kind of weird subtitle.
0: Um, but it's basically just like the ultimate versions of all three of those games, uh, bundled together, coming to
1: Switch. Oh, and I guess like Ninja Gaiden Three it was on the Wii U right that was one of the early Wii U titles so i guess i am pretty sure it was so i'm pre- so okay. i think i think it is possible that if you are a strictly nintendo only gamer you might have played the third one before um but this is all three and like patrick said these are the sigma versions which are kind of like remixed from um the original games and then on friday june 11th game builder garage is released um outrageous yeah i uh I don't think I'm going to be picking this up, although maybe just to mess around with it, I think it's like 30 bucks. Um, it's 30 bucks, yeah. But uh, yeah, Nintendo kind of snuck it out there with the announcement, and then it feels like it's just kind of like sneaking out here uh, during E3. Yeah, or at least right on the eve of
0: E3. Um, yeah, it's uh, I-, I can see that Nintendo is like pushing it on like their social channels and stuff. Like they they are um tweeting about it for sure and like releasing videos and um like actively advertising it um but i think this is one of those games or one of those experiences that like there isn't much like fan enthusiasm for um and you know maybe that'll be different when it's out and people start doing interesting things with it um but at the moment i would say that my hype level for it is uh pretty low Lower than when it was announced. Uh, when it was announced, I was like, "Oh, this is cool. I I'll, I can get into this." And now I'm kind of like, I don't want to do the work of uh, making something. Um, but maybe uh, maybe we'll see what what people are doing with it, and maybe that'll maybe that'll drive us to pick it up.
1: Yeah, I think with any of these like maker games, for me is I I appreciate them most just as like an observer of what cool things other people can make. So for that reason, yeah. I do hope that there's like a cool community that comes out of it.
0: Also, I, I look—we're in this pre E three state right now, where I'm just like, I don't care about anything coming out right now. <laughs> like, tell me about the cool stuff that's coming out later. It's like, we are we are at a—we're uh, at a hype point, right? And we just need to have that hype valve released a little bit, and then we can be excited about things that are already in our hands. Yeah, totally. Um. All right, Mark. Those are the new releases. Uh, let's close that out. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 4.33. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 4.33 wherein a performer or group of performers did not play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 4.33, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Today, Mark, we are going to be talking about what fast food restaurant would we own a franchise of? Um, and this is suggested by John, uh, originally for our 433 episode, uh, which is now uh, so, so long ago. I'm so happy we're still using these topics. Um, but Mark, if you had to... Uh, so first of all, how do you want to approach this? Do you have an answer and I have an answer? Or are we collectively running a fast food restaurant?
1: I, I think um, you and I would make great business partners and so i think we should come up with our uh, like a a franchise that you and i both would co-own uh so is is there i i love that i i agree let's do it um
0: is there a chain restaurant i think i'd I'd like to broaden it to chain restaurants i feel like fast food maybe like maybe but like is there is there another one that like speaks to you um that you would be interested in in fronting.
1: okay, if we're broadening it to all chain restaurants, yeah, anything we could franchise? Yeah, I'm going to say, I think I think it, we would be great at owning a TGI Fridays. Oh, absolutely. Oh my God. Where it's just like a chill,
0: fun atmosphere. You're having drinks at the bar. Yeah, you're getting buffalo wings or like chicken tenders or whatever.
1: Yeah, like I feel, I, and I mean this in the most flattering way that it could possibly Uh-oh. be taken. That Uh-oh. I I feel like it totally fits our vibe. TGI Fridays mm-hmm. is our vibe for sure.
0: Um, my only objection there is I don't really like any of the food at TGI Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not a super friendly place for uh, vegetarians.
1: Um is, is my is my only objection. But, but wait, sorry, sorry, I take it back. I, yeah. I think look I yeah. think TGI Fridays uh would work perfectly for us. Here's one that if we could go back in time, that would Ooh. probably be really good for us is like a soup plantation. I think yes. you and I could kill one of those like soup, salad, uh and like, I don't know, like maybe a little bit of pasta, like one of those establishments. We yeah. would Murder that. Here's
0: the thing: is that I feel like Soup Plantation is great in concept. Was great in concept. R.I.P. Soup Plantation. Um, and what's it? It's is it called like Big Tomatoes everywhere else? Red Tomato? Uh, what it was called something not Soup Plantation? Outside oh, of okay, California. yeah, I'm not sure. Um, which is good because Soup Plantation is a terrible name. Terrible name. Um, Awful name. But it, I, I feel like they're conceptually very cool places. Uh, but so frequently, like, the pasta is just, like, you know, obliterated. Uh, it is just so overdone. Uh, and, like, the places are also, like, kind of dirty. I feel like you and I would, like, kind of <laughs> crack down on it and be like, we're doing soup plantation, oh, yeah. but
1: good. The elevated version, for sure. Like, we would be Ooh. the star franchisee. Like, we would be th- where they shoot all the videos, all the B-roll. Mm-hmm. Um, We'd be rolling out, you know, like, the new, like, oh, we're going to try pizzas. So let's give it to Mark and Patrick's establishment, so they can you yeah, know see yeah. how like pa- uh how pizzas work i that that's my vote is there another one that like ooh cut off by the e b u your radio orchestra
0: um my answer is it will always be uh pop belly sandwiches, even though there are none in in California. I feel like they'd make a killing <laughs> um even if Southern California is not a really like uh walking around grabbing lunch, you know kind of. Kind of kind of town. Although I, it could, it would be good for like uh catered lunches and stuff like that. Anyway, we've gone way over the 4:33. Um, EBU your radio your radio orchestra accompanied us. Mark, let's get into the news.
1: So uh, as you've probably heard from the top of the show, we are in the calm before the storm uh, for E3. It's right yep. around the corner. It's all we can talk about. Um, and, and Nintendo actually we has announced their plans for E3 2021. As Patrick mentioned previously, they're keeping their standard presentation day and time. So it will still be on Tuesday. Uh, this year it'll be June 15th at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Um, the one thing that's like different about it is the configuration of E3 is different this year. So normally... Uh, Nintendo would have their presentation Tuesday morning, and then the E3 show floor would run for Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday, and then, like, Thursday until the early afternoon. But this year, everything's kind of flip-flopped. Um, since there is no show floor, E3's running, like, starting at the beginning of the weekend, and then e- Nintendo's basically closing the show on Tuesday Um. Per the Nintendo of America Twitter, the presentation will feature roughly 40 minutes of info focused exclusively on Nintendo Switch software, mostly releasing in 2021.
0: And Hold on, let's stop there at all of the expectation setting, because I love it. (laughs) Um, it, Roughly 40 minutes, great, a good amount of time, I'm excited about that, um, of info focused exclusively on Nintendo Switch software. No hardware, right? Exclusively on Nintendo Switch, uh, software Re- mostly releasing in 2021. So, will we see some Splatoon 3? Probably. Maybe we get a little uh, pro- uh, project Triangle strategy. Maybe. Um, but mostly 2021.
1: Yeah, and I I think um that is to be expected, right? There's still so much for 2021 that we don't know. I will be shocked if. Like you said, there's not mention of 2022. Possibly some things that are like completely undated. Um, but yeah, I I do think it's very pointed that they're like, hey, exclusively software. Because I do feel like after last week, if uh, any of the listeners are like online, paying attention to video game news or like community at all, last week the internet was a buzz convinced even that any day now nintendo was going to announce the switch pro um we talked about it on last tuesday's show that uh, there were reports out there from bloomberg and others that there was the potential for nintendo to announce it before e3 that clearly didn't happen or i guess hasn't happened there's still a few days before e3 but um i think yeah, nintendo well, was it, watching it nintendo was watching yeah <laughs> That's right and they were like no. Um
0: yeah, I, it wasn't just last week, it was also the week before too. Like um you know we and I wonder if uh now Nintendo was just like waiting for that immediate um uh, people being like oh, it's going to happen and they're like okay, now it's not happening and then you know it'll happen Tuesday morning as as we release this episode. They're like here it is. Um but yeah, yeah, it's just just very clearly them setting the expectation of like we're,
1: this is just going to be software. You will not find hardware announcements here. Also from uh, the Nintendo of America announcement, the sh- presentation, like the Direct, is going to be followed by around three hours of gameplay footage in Nintendo Treehouse Live. So they are going to be doing Nintendo Treehouse Live, but it'll be kind of a truncated version of it, uh, significantly truncated compared to the like days of coverage. That previous shows have had, but I'm excited that it's showing up at all. I, Nintendo Treehouse Live is one of my favorite parts of it. The the I feel like the presenters and the people that they have on Nintendo Treehouse Live always are seem like the coolest, like most chill people. So where it's chill. Just like Oh my god. It's like, <laughs> hey, we're all just gonna play like Fire Emblem Three Houses for the first time, and we're all just on like this really cool vibe. Like everybody just come and hang out with us, and that's exactly what I want from Treehouse Live it almost feels like the anti e3 like every
0: year um you know especially as like more uh, there are more like you know youtubers and podcasters and whatever that are into it and have this sort of like hey guys we checked out this and this and you know like there's such a different energy coming out of treehouse live where it's always like all right okay well so here you know we've got our party of four pokemon and you know we're gonna try uh capturing a fifth to join our party and you know, like, everything is just very laid back um, and very, like, welcoming and, like, honestly, what I want out of a video game experience anyway. Um, I don't totally. need to have my mind blown.
1: Well, and I love that a lot of times, you know, the people who are presenting it are, like, producers of the game or they're, like, worked on the localization. So when they're, mm. you know, running through different scenarios... And they're like, yeah, I've put in like eight kajillion hours into this game. And this is my favorite part. And you're like, oh, or, you know, they're like, this character is really funny. It's like one of my favorites. Like it, uh, it just gives you like little things to look forward to. Cause you're like, Hey, this is the person who like wrote this. So, yeah. um, yeah. I, so I'm, I'm excited that it's coming back.
0: Um, me too. I think also, uh, having it at, uh, capping it at three hours, um, is cool. It means maybe, you know, it's for, for as laid back as it is. Um it does mean that uh it is frequently uh they they do not uh, ascribe to the all filler or no filler all killer no filler uh philosophy there's a lot of filler in in those things, but uh there's not really gonna be room for that this time um mark do you is that uh like overtaking the main uh e three feed for all three of those hours or will you have to like go and seek that out separately? we don't know what E3 i don't is.
1: <laughs> i don't i don't i genuinely do not understand no. what e three is My guess would be that no, it won't be taking over the feed for the entire like four hours in totality. But I mean, I think this is just going to be a really weird E3 to me. Totally. From like my perspective, it seems to E3 this year just seems to be like another. It just seems to be like, hey, we all scheduled our press conferences together. There must be some sort of like virtual business component of it that I'm not aware of but from kind of just the fan perspective I don't understand what this is supposed to be other than just like hey here are the scheduled times that everybody agreed to do their presentations
0: yeah well I mean just uh, taking a look at some of our friends who have uh you know applied for and gotten press access this year um I know that they have like a weird press portal where you are where you make like a an avatar um the kind of like wonky little avatar and then like can exchange, like, virtual business cards and, and stuff like that. Um, so, I don't know. It, it seems like it is a, also acting as a temporary social network um, for uh, games industry, uh, both, um, like, developers and press. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure there are some connections that will be made that way. But overall, it seems like a pretty kind of clumsy uh, ex- execution and impl- uh, I- implementation of that
1: you know a friend of the show june and I were talking about e three and he um he was like, "Oh, do you think that we went to the last in-person E3 in person e three in twenty nineteen and i hadn't really considered it, but yeah, I kind of think we did i i am pretty sure that we talked about in the past that i think e three has already like b s a has already scheduled a twenty twenty two um e three in LA at the LA Convention Center, but I'm not really convinced it's going to happen. I think the pan like amongst all the things that the pandemic changed, I think that the industry was moving like more and more away from E3. Like it just wasn't becoming necessary. And I think the fact that E3 didn't happen at all just forced all this change a lot faster. And so I I don't really know what's in it for anybody now other than um you know they're a lot of these companies are members of the esa and so they're just being like good like partners um because you can just talk to fans directly nowadays
0: yeah well and like the the show was in such a weird place even when we were going in 2018 2019 uh of like uh slowly becoming like fan shows or like places where uh just like fans from uh you know without uh, credentials of any kind um, just coming in and walking around and like experiencing stuff, um, which isn't what the show used to be. And it didn't do as good a job as, you know, something like PAX does. Um, so like, yeah, it's, it's just, it it is one of those relics where it's like, it's, it's, it was becoming irrelevant and then it shut down for a year. Um, and now even though it's back, I mean, the, the thing that I will say for it is that like, I do think people are excited right now. Like, I think that there is a a genuine excitement about whatever announcements are coming out of E three, and if that means that it'll always just be like a place for announcements and not like a physical place, you know, I I think that's probably fine. Don't they usually announce the dates for the next year's E three,
1: um, like on the on the final day of E three? They might. They, they that's might kind of tradition. Yeah, I also think that. Um... You know, I'm totally just looking at it from a fan perspective. I have no idea what kind of deals, like, business ge- deals get done at E3. Like, that obviously was, for a very long time, the point of E3. And so, um, yeah, so maybe there was a lot of that that was lost with the cancellation of it. And so that's something that businesses are, like, eager to get back. Like, maybe, like, smaller partners and things like that. I have yeah. no idea it'll be interesting to see more details about sonic colors ultimate are starting to emerge in the week following its announcement in the sonic central presentation according to famitsu new gameplay features include tails save so you find tails medallion and then he'll rescue you from falling off the stage a new jade ghost wisp originally from team sonic racing lets sonic pass through walls and levitate and HD cutscene movies, so they must have uh, remastered or re-rendered the original cutscene. Uh,
0: which is good uh, to, to know that we're getting like actual like gameplay changes or improvements. You know, just earlier this episode we were talking about uh, what I would want to see happen to Game Boy Advance games. It's good to see that uh, the Sonic Colors team is also um, taking that sort of thing into consideration. That Tails save feature... Um, feels a little bit like a like an easy mode kind of uh, thing, but also like, look, if I fall off the stage, do I want to l- lose all my rings and die? No, not really. Like, just save me, Tails.
1: <laughs> do you know what? I uh, ever since Kid Icarus Month, I have I always have Kid Icarus on the brain, and it makes me think yeah. of like the feathers that you can pick up in that game that save you from mm-hmm. f- falling. Uh, if you fall off a cliff, then it'll um, lift you back up. Tails is a feather. Speaking of Sonic, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog creator Yuji Naka has left Square Enix after releasing his first and only game with the company, Balan Wonderworld. Uh, there was some speculation from fans and pundits that he was let go following poor sales of Balan Wonderworld, but Naka set the record sort of straight on Siliconera in a post that reads, quote, due to inquiries from the media and users on Twitter, I am announcing that I resigned from Square Enix at the end of April 2021. I cannot tell you why right now, but I hope to be able to tell you when the time comes. As for my future plans, I'm already 55 years old, so retirement is in the cards. Here is a photo that was taken for the Sega Console Historia interview.
0: I love that this uh, this, uh, post here, he is like, now here also is a photo of me. <laughs> there's, there's something very like, uh, like I don't know. How, I don't know what to write in this thing. Uh, I'm just gonna include a photo. I
1: don't know what this is. <laughs> I I think it's I think it's interesting. Maybe a little bit sad that he feels it's necessary to um uh respond to it. the fa- The fact that he said that due to inquiries from the media and users on Twitter. Hopefully they were kind inquiries. Uh I mean even if they are kind inquiries or coming from
0: a place of concern, right? Like the the like baggage with the question no matter how nicely it's phrased is uh you got fired because your game was bad, right?
1: <laughs> right, right. There's no real getting around that.
0: No. <laughs> there there's no sweetening that pot. Um but it's interesting that he says that he left that he resigned from Square Enix uh, april 2021 um which would have been after the game released and after it was uh you know already uh, obvious that it was um you know not going to be uh a, a hit for them um and i i don't know i i think probably you know they they had a, a conversation about like what his future was and if he was like this is the game i meant to make
1: and they were like well we can't sell it um that he was like all right then i'm out <laughs> Also being 55 years old and being ready to retire, that sounds amazing.
0: <laughs> we just said it's in the cards, right?
1: <laughs> right, right. Okay. <laughs> uh the Mario Golf Super Rush website is up and like most Nintendo websites, it's very cute, but if you are just a few like platinum points away from getting something from the Nintendo from my Nintendo rewards, uh just like Nintendo's done in the past, There's a bonus game on the Mario Golf Super Rush website where you can find five hidden holes scattered across the site to score 100 platinum points for your My Nintendo account. Uh, Maybe that'll push you over and you can get like a new wallpaper for your phone or something like that.
0: Um, Mark, did you happen to get the the pins the other week that are there? One pin is in the shape of the uh, platinum uh, coin and the other one is in the shape of the uh, gold coin. No, for, for I like didn't. Or the my Nintendo, they may no. still be up there.
1: Yeah, I didn't actually pick it up. I know, um, uh, they looked really cool. So yeah, maybe I should mine go back came and see a couple days ago. There.
0: They're really neat. Um, you know, it's uh, pins are one of those things that like I feel like I always have a use for, never a need. Of course, no one needs them. Um, but like, it's fun to put them on a backpack uh, when going to a con or like on a jean jacket or something. Um, And these are two pretty good looking ones and you can pick them up with platinum points. I forget how many exactly, Um, but you can get 100 points closer by uh, going to the Mario Golf Super
1: Rush website. And finally, uh, as we're just over a month out from the release of The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD, we are starting to see some pre-order bonuses from various retailers and regions. If you're in the UK, Amazon UK has a pre-order bonus of a special steelbook case which actually looks pretty cool. Um, and then GameStop in the US offers a poster for as a pre-order bonus as well.
0: Yeah, and there it's like the same image that they're using on uh, both the uh, poster and the steel bookcase. Um, but man, that's that case is is cool. Like I've got some jealousy there. because um, we can't pre-order that, Mark.
1: Yeah, I I can't believe that this game is only a month out. Um, I would say that my like i'm i'm i think i'm going into this the right way where i'm not really hyped for it uh it has it's a game with such a weird reputation that i'm that i'm like really like curious to dive in and experience it for myself but i'm not like uh salivating to get to it
0: yeah and yeah and absolutely that that's a great place to be and look again We've got E3 coming. So, like, games that we know about, I don't care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a- a- after we get the Nintendo Direct, then I can go back to caring about this. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm already basically committed because I've got the Amiibo uh, pre-ordered. So, you know, what am I not going to also think get the game? Of course I'm going to get the game. Um, and it'll look nice on the shelf next to my uh, Twilight Princess and Wind Waker um, HD
1: uh, remasters on on the Wii U I'm pretty sure I pre-ordered the Joy-Con I should actually double check to make sure to see if that's true or oh, not you did? I think I did I think I got it from Best Buy maybe wow um what what made you do that did you just I don't I don't know it was a Joy-Con you know? no it, it was available and I was like okay yeah gimme 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 I didn't even think about it
0: sometimes we get possessed by Nintendo mania we don't know what to do <laughs> um all right Mark let's get out of the news Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you share stuff. Uh, help people get to know us so that they can listen to this show. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia you don't made our logo, our theme music is provided by AAP Betty. You can get more of his music by going to aAPbetty.com or by listening right now From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying if any of our UK listeners wants to send me that steel book, I wouldn't object. No, don't do it, don't do it. That's bad. I shouldn't ask you to do that. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Mia. Hey, it's Allie, And we host the rom-com review podcast. P.S. I love rom coms Each week we'll have incredible guests come and discuss a new rom-com, grand gestures, meet cutes, and of course, that elusive chemistry. Mia, what are you doing holding that giant boombox
1: over your head? I'm hoping to win over listeners with this grand gesture. Take us back! Find a new episode every week. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Campfire Media. Wow, you're uh, still holding that boom box. Yeah, I've got great upper body strength. Thanks, CrossFit. P.S. Yes. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Campfire.